The Heart of Grief is a program by Certified Grief Recovery Specialists Lori Penner and Brian McGee. Brian and Lori are not professional counselors. They do not offer therapy. If you are experiencing a crisis, please reach out to your local emergency or healthcare providers. What Lori and Brian offer in this podcast is an authentic, personal familiarity with the pain of loss and a straightforward approach to recovery that has proven transformative in the lives of thousands of grievers. As proud sponsors of the Grief Recovery Method programs, Martin Brothers Funeral Chapels in Lethbridge, Alberta are pleased to partner with Brian and Lori to bring you this podcast. We hope our listeners will discover genuine, practical help and encouragement. Hi, Brian. Haven't seen you for a while. How's it been going? Hi, Lori. I know things have been very busy for me the last few weeks. I hear ya. Are you getting lots done at least? Yes, there's been a lot of getting things done, but not as much of what I really want to be getting done. As you know, I've been late in getting things together for this episode of The Heart of Grief. I had intended to uh, publish on September 11th, but uh, we're a number of days late now. That's too bad, but at least you're busy. Mm Mm-hmm. We really do value busyness in our society, don't we? Yeah, we sure do. And for some good reasons, too. I must say, I've been feeling a lot like you lately. So busy, but just not accomplishing what I need to. And we want to talk about that in this episode. In particular, the unhelpful notion that being busy will somehow result in resolution of the emotional pain that comes from a bereavement. Yes, this is number six of the last episode of our Top 6 Most Unhelpful Ideas About Grief mini-series. Just stay busy. Number six of six. What do you say we begin with a quick review, Lori? Great idea, Brian. You go first. Sure. First, there was don't feel bad, accompanied by some seemingly good reasons, such as don't feel bad, she lived a good long life, or he's in a better place, or don't feel bad, there's another girl out there for you. Then there was grieve alone, the feeling that it's somehow better to sort our sorrows out by ourselves and not be a burden to others. Next, we talked about replacing the loss. So, find another job, have another child, or get a new pet. And then, just give it time. The idea that if we wait long enough, it will eventually bring healing to the devastatingly sad feelings of our loss. Or reinflated tire. (laughs) And then, our last regular episode exposed the unhelpful idea that grievers somehow have an obligation to themselves and to others to be strong. Yes, we suggested that when it comes to grief, an important part of being strong means giving ourselves permission to be vulnerable and hurting and to admit it. We want to make room for a more human response that ultimately makes us more resilient. And in each of these programs, we pointed out how taking a good idea from some other life circumstance becomes very unhelpful when taken as a response to loss. Right. And here we are at the final one of our top six just stay busy. And Lori, although there is no hard order for our list, I was thinking about the possible significance of this one coming last. Oh, and what did you come up with? Well, what I came up with is, what do you do when you don't know what to do anymore? You mean like when in doubt or when all else fails? Right. And I've come prepared with a list to illustrate this. 
Have a look. Of course you have. <laughs> okay, let's see. When in doubt, mumble. Consult your grandmother. Do something or don't do anything. Wear a suit. When in doubt, keep your mouth shut. Add wine. Look up. Pray. Pick C. Yes, always pick C. Delete it. Take a vacation. When in doubt, eat chocolate. Wear red. Tell the truth. Mark Twain said that, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, add bacon. Dance. Keep calm and carry on. Check it out. And, oh, here's a football one. John Heisman, American football fame, said, when in doubt, punt. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then, when all else fails, hug the dog. Read the instructions. Yes, that's a good one. Wear a clown nose. Sing a silly song. Winnie the Pooh suggests taking a nap. For the musicians, trill, dream bigger, or call dad. More of your humor therapy here again, I see. Why not? Uh, laughter isn't a solution all by itself, but it sure helps. And Lori, I think I know which of the when all else fails you would choose. Yes, always hug the, hug dog. the dog. Hug the dog. And my favorite, call dad. Yes. So the message we receive is that when we've tried everything we can think of and done everything our friends have suggested and our hearts still hurt like crazy, when all else fails to heal the pain of loss, we just get busy. Yep. And the message comes to us with a preset bias that says busy is good. Therefore, it must be good for grief. Growing up, I heard idle hands are the devil's playground. And being busy as a beaver was something to be celebrated. In the culture I grew up in, busy was a badge of honor. It was a way to establish significance, strength, purpose, responsibility. The work ethic is a prime value. But we're not totally disagreeing with that, are we? No, not at all. Healthy busyness has a lot to its credit. There's the satisfaction of productivity, helping others achieve a goal, contributing to the overall benefit of society, expressing creativity, earning a salary to support yourself and your family. Psychologists point out the benefits of healthy busy to our mental health. One study published in the journal Psychological Science showed that we are happy when we are busy. The study found that it made no difference whether the busy activity had a purpose or not, as long as the individual believed it did. Now that part can create a disappointment if we're expecting busy to bring lasting relief from the pains of bereavement. Good busy can help us avoid constant unhelpful worry about things and provide encouragement through fulfilling accomplishments. It can afford us a greater sense of self-control at a time when so much seems to be out of control. I came across an article by Ashley Tibbetts on the website The Zoe Report. Ashley references San Jose-based psychologist Dr. Annie Vervarian. Dr. Vervarian says a person's goal in their busyness is key to whether or not it's going to be healthy for them. She writes, when the intent behind being busy is to engage in healthy distraction from constantly engaging in worry, then this is considered healthy. When the intent behind being busy is avoidance of processing worries and feelings, this is considered unhealthy. That's the end of the quote. Now, there's a very important distinction there, and in that distinction lies our concern. 
we're not talking about being overly busy. That's an issue all of its own. We're talking about being busy for the wrong reasons. Exactly. There is helpful distraction and there is also unhelpful distraction. What we're saying is that while it has many benefits, busyness can miss the mark if the outcome, deliberate or not, is to avoid addressing the hard emotions of loss. We're not suggesting it's good for people to go on constantly worrying and stressing over the painful grief events in their lives. What we're suggesting is that for those painful events to no longer weigh us down into the future, they need to be looked at in a way that the hurtful energy in them is resolved. When the distraction of unhealthy busyness ends with the day or the week or the project, the painful realities remain. There is no lasting benefit. That's where the Grief Recovery Program offers a solution. That's for sure, Lori. And I'd like to illustrate this from my own experience. When my father died in 1999, I was left with some incomplete communications, things I didn't get to do or say. At the time, I didn't know what to do with that disappointment and regret. I was in a career at the time that allowed me to be just as busy as I would permit myself to be. So I kept busy and distracted from those unfinished things with my dad. But the sorrow attached to those things didn't go away. Ten years later, I learned the grief recovery process and discovered a way of facing those feelings head on. The memory of them did not go away, but the pain did. Years later, when my mom died, I had already put the grief recovery principles into practice. Her death brought sadness, but not the same burden of unfinished business. I was free to remember without the pain. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Brian. I hope our listeners find some connection with our experiences and see how the principles we're talking about fit with their own. I have my own stories of keep busy, but I'm going to save those for our next episode, almost like a bit of a cliffhanger. What I'd like to do now is offer our something to think about segment for the episode. It takes the form of a question this time. It's asked, of course, in relation to the things we do following the loss, and it's simply this. Do I recognize in myself a tendency to use busyness as an unhealthy distraction from the hard feelings of grief? And by the way, if you answer yes to that, let us assure you that you're not bad for it. You are very normal. And we congratulate you for making that recognition. Now, Brian, what is our something to do? Lori, as people recognize the unhealthy busyness in their lives, they may well feel the painful bereavement memories surfacing again. Our intention is not to simply invite painful memories or sad feelings. We're here to offer a better way. Our something to do invitation is to reach out to us or to the Grief Recovery Institute. There is an answer for the pain. We would love to explain our programs and the various ways of accessing them. Contact information is mentioned in our outro and is listed in our episode notes. Thanks, Brian. And that wraps up our episode six and our introduction to the six most unhelpful ideas about grief. We are, however, going to pick up on today's topic for next time. We'll be talking about STIRBS. That may sound mysterious, but it's just our special code for short-term energy-relieving behaviors. We're looking forward to explaining them. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. Bye for now. As mentioned, we love to receive comments and questions from our listeners. We invite emails to feedback at theheartofgrief.com.
If you'd like to send us paper mail, it can go to The Heart of Grief, Care of, 610 4th Street South, Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, T1J 4P3. And of course you can subscribe through your podcast service provider.